And now, Podtendo presents the Final Fantasy VII Retrospective, where we are going to do a deep dive into characters, thematical elements, and the plot. Please enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, Podtendo's Final Fantasy VII Retrospective Series. Today we're doing a mini-episode on Crisis Core Part 1. So we're going to be looking at the handheld adventure that came out on the PSP and take you through that. Uh, when I say mini, it's because we're just kind of going to be quick, quickly going through it. It's not going to be super in-depth. Kind of like, you know, if you've been listening to this whole retrospective series, you know what's up. You know how it works, right? So, so here we go. Final Fantasy Crisis Core Part 1. I am your... Co-host, Mick, I'm joined every episode by my lovely co-host, Tyson. Good stuff, good stuff. Nice. Yeah, remember when we used to like, give ourselves nicknames and everything, and then we just, like, stopped coming up with them and forgot? Yeah, and, like, I used to have a little speech that was written out, too, and I don't know, man. <laughs> we get, once, once you get old, eventually those little things just drop off. Yeah, like, and I don't know if it's just we're becoming complacent or we're just more comfortable, but, like, listening to our first Sonic uh, Segtendo podcast, like, we, like, got into the premise, we were building a backstory of the world, and the next one was like, whatever, it's fine, it's just, it's just, we're obviously evil people, so, I was like, I don't know, that just shows that we don't care anymore, if it's funny, but, you know, it's good times. I think it's even funny, I think it's still funny, but it's funny in a different aspect, it's yeah. funny that we, we, we showed that we put in the effort, now it's like, oh, do we got time for this? I don't know if we got time for this. Yeah, I think it's just probably like a comfort thing too, right? You can be you can be more yourself and you have to stop being a character, right? So it's kind of like we're like the real world. Like what happens when people stop acting and just start being themselves? Yeah, yeah. Man, I never really watched the real world. I was trying to think of another good example, but okay, yeah, we'll go we'll go with MTV's The Real World. Yeah, and then at some point, like this this mock will also get bored, and we'll start doing uh, the real world road rules challenge or something like that, and then we'll become just the challenge, and then we'll move into like the Bachelor. I think that's like the evolution of kind of those things so stay tuned because in a couple of years we'll be the bachelor we'll be giving roses off in pod tendo land Ooh, give roses off for video games i like it i like it not bad not bad so uh without further ado into this fun fun adventure uh crisis core was developed by square enix it sold over 2 million copies how long to beat has it at 18 hours price at release was or date of release, sorry, was March 24th, 2008. Price at release was $49.99, and if we factored in inflation, that would be $59.43 today. On eBay, you can get a copy of this game for about $30 to $100. It's not available on any virtual console, and on our where-to-play section. So as of now, there's no way, unless you're buying one of those original copies, you have a PSP that works, uh, you basically have to emulate it, so... Good job, Sony. Yeah, especially considering Sony likes to push all their exclusives. I figured for sure that this would be like on the forefront of all their stores or whatever. Because like, yeah, this well, would be it... a perfect. This would be a perfect download for what I would have thought. Because I remember my, my outlandish claim was PlayStation Five is going to have a portable version. Mm. This would have been perfect for that. But I guess we'll just stick with consoles. Just give us an expanded, like online 
database of games to buy from. That's all I ask. Well, based on how the developers, too, run Kingdom Hearts, like, if you were to look at that series, where they had how many versions of Kingdom Hearts released in the lead-up to Kingdom Hearts 3, right? They had, like, 2.5s and 2.8s and 2.9s and, like, final remixes of stuff. The fact that they haven't done this game into a final remix, same with, like, Dirge of Cerberus, with the release of Final Fantasy VII, the remake for the newer consoles, too, you'd think those would kind of go hand-in-hand, so... But what do we know? We're just simple podcasters, you know? Simple old-timey yeah. podcasters just sitting here in our rocking chairs. Yep, yep. Thinking of the good old days, like, with Pembridge mm. Farms. So mm. I, I just wish, like, you know, because Sony's making such a big push with Final Fantasy VII as the big IP of theirs, it's like, just just give me this game. Just give me this game that runs on an actual console so I can play it on my big screen. It's what I want. It's what this game should have been played all along. It bugged uh, oh, me when it first came yeah. out that it was yeah. only a handheld game. It's like, ugh, just give me, give me this game the ability to play on a full screen. It's what I want. Well, I- so I, mean, I guess we could get into that. So I played it on an emulator. Actually, I bought a physical copy of this game. Have a PSP that works, won't load. And I was like, oh, maybe the PSP's broken. Nope, my Tiger Woods game loads no problem, 100%. So there's a problem with the physical copy I bought, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's 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 a collector. Like, eh, eh. I, I'm going to play it for this podcast. And I never played ever again. So it's fine. I'm a little sad that I like opened up the box because it wasn't like nice plastic wrapping. But essentially, I tried to buy a, a physical copy, ended up using an emulator. There's a really great emulator. It's called like the PPSSPP or something like that. There's even a paid version. Uh, so the guys that developed it and are working. And I kind of feel like if Sony isn't making an effort to give us the copies, emulators are probably the way to go. Yeah, well, I like so I, most of our listeners uh, probably know I don't actually have a PlayStation. I, I like I have a PlayStation three and I had a two and I just never bought a four and I have yet to buy a five and now or now that and then I'm now they're out of five. Yeah, so five's coming out and I haven't pre ordered it or anything like that, but it's like uh, if you give me a bunch of games that I wanna buy, I will buy your system. I just always have like lacked that game that has just like drawn me in and i feel like this would be one of those games and final fantasy 7 remakes kind of really tipping that scales that i really want to buy one but it's just not quite there yet you know maybe if it was bundled in with a crisis core and a dirge of cerberus i would be all over that like you know pagan something but it would i just i want all these games in a big old collection because i like this is my favorite final fantasy game and i just yeah want more of it so yeah, nice, nice, nice. Uh, looking at our notes, I, I realize we're like, what, five minutes in the podcast? We're kind of just talking about versions and, and the old times, the good old times, remember, in Pepperidge Farm. I, I mean, our notes aren't super in-depth, so it's not like we're like not rushing into anything. But we'll start chipping away at them, see what happens, you know? See what yep. happens. All right, so getting on to the only section I think I included right now is the development details. We'll look at something else probably in the next part. Uh, kind of see how we do for time. Uh, so the development details. The original idea of this game was to make a PSP port of the mobile phone game before Crisis. However, before they decided to make Zack the protagonist, the port was canceled. They decided, okay. Uh, Kitasi wanted to exceed fans' expectations. So rather than just make a tribute to Final Fantasy VII, the development team ensured the game would link other titles in the series. They also wanted to make sure that they weren't 
altering the fans' perception of fi Final Fantasy VII's iconic characters. They tried their best to ensure that the events of Nibelheim weren't disrupted. One of the primary reasons Zack was chosen as the protagonist was because of his fate was predetermined. Zack and Cloud's friendship was meant to feature more prominently, however, they ran out of space on the UMD, which is like the Universal Something Disc. I don't really know what it stands. It's, if you ever look at a... Yeah, I don't know. If you ever look at like a PSP game, it's kind of like a little plastic card with a disc inside that spins. It's very strange setup. Very strange. Wonder if yes. they wonder how they compare to like GameCube discs. Huh, I should I should compare sizes later. Uh, the addition of the character Genesis was a result of the brief appearance in the secret ending of Dirge of Cerberus. Sephiroth was written to give him a much more human side. Crisis Core was first envisioned as an action action game. I wrote action action, so maybe action game? But almost all the staff had more experience designing RPGs. They decided to modify it. The Digital Mind Wave system was added to give the gameplay an element of luck and to keep batoms, batoms, battles from feeling repetitive. So, there you go. Now, the more you know, eh? The more you know. Yeah, and this game is very interesting. It's, like, it is weird to see Sephiroth have friends. Yeah. And, like cohorts yep. and compadres and people that he chills with <clears throat> and i'll get into cloud later on when we kind of go through the walk walk through information but um it, it was very it was interesting to me um because when you play through final fantasy you do get introduced to zach and you really want to learn more about him so to me when this game first got released um my first impressions of it because i kind of want to go into that a little bit was i actually had a playstation uh portable it was, I had that and the PlayStation Go. Um, I've had a few of them. I just never really fell in love with it. I, I wasn't. Too, I was too busy at the time to really like sink my teeth into them. Nowadays, I'd be perfect to like watch a movie and play it while I'm multitasking. But I, I, I like when this game first came out. I remember like, oh, I really want to get it. I really want to get it. And then it was sold out like that first week. And then the second shipment came in. And at that point, I had already like lost a little bit of the hype and the luster. And, got distracted probably by girls at the, that time and yeah to me it was just it was one of those games that it was just it had it hit at a different time in my life i would have been way more about it because it the battle system kind of comes off as a very modern battle system minus the slot machines and such um and i i kind of really like it and and it, had i played this it would have kind of been like a, a taste of what's to come from square enix come like 12 years later because I, I know a lot of their more modern RPGs kind of play like this, which is, is I, I think, a good transition, because a lot of people don't like the turn-based battle. I still yeah. love it, because I grew up with it, and that's probably has a lot of nostalgic uh, embedded into it. So, yeah, it's probably better to go this more action-based way, where you can actually control your character and make strategic decisions, like trying to avoid an attack or run behind them and stuff, so... Yeah, so I, I do have this point a little bit later on, uh, but like he's mentioned with the gameplay, if you played Kingdom Hearts, this is just kind of Final Fantasy VII Kingdom Hearts. At least in my opinion, uh, the, the the character design, right? Like, Zack looks very much, if you put him next to Sora, he would fit in very well. Uh, you run around in an open world, you don't jump. That's kind of the only thing you're missing, but the battle system is very, very familiar. It's kind of a simple menu system. You can scroll through, collect items, use magic. Uh, you get kind of like a little uh, hub. So basically on the side, you have your attacks, six different 
magic items or whatever material you've equipped in the new item system. You kind of just click through those with the shoulder buttons uh, in a real-time battle. And it's very, very similar to the Kingdom Hearts series. So I feel like they just took the influence of that successful franchise and moved it over here, right? So they kind of created like yeah. an action RPG. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes that makes sense. And uh, even even the even the battle radical of just like how you aim is the yeah. almost the exact same. So yeah, and one of the Maybe one a of the more pronounced, but and that the DM what's it called the DMW system. At one point, there you get I think the girl Cisne she comes up and you get this lucky attack and you do this like oh, I'm ready to attack or something like that and I'm pretty sure Sora does the exact same attack in Final Fantasy 3 or sorry Kingdom Hearts 3 like I'm almost 100% sure that he does like the exact same little like he does this little like charge up like he's running in a spot dance with like stars everywhere like I'm pretty sure it's in Kingdom Hearts so I, I don't know if they borrowed it from this game or this game borrowed it from Kingdom Hearts but definitely seen that one before so that's were the frame so if you like kingdom hearts and you can get your head around that game give this one a chance if you like final fantasy 7 because it's basically what if they merge the two together yeah but with a little bit more of a serious spin as opposed to the first couple kingdom hearts which are very uh-huh. fluffy yeah for for serious impact this game has has some dark moments which i was yeah. interested to see and uh it's kind of it's a different type of kind of Final Fantasy game where I feel like it just has like this different atmosphere and like kind of m- a mode or a mood about it. So it's very, it's very interesting. I, I like it because, but it has like this lingering like uh, I don't know about these guys, these characters we're meeting. Everybody seems fairly disposable. So yes, yeah, no, fair, fair enough. Uh, and then the other other point I know in two thousand probably summer 2008 2009 or something like that i definitely played through this game i remember sitting on the couch after work when we were kind of like at home one one summer uh and i played through it so i feel like it was in our house it was a psp and this game in our house at some point so weird that you did not play it before yeah yeah um knowing the time this was like right after i left for basically university so i was yeah, but I think it was the summer we were both like working in Cranbrook, so it would have been probably like that summer. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So again, yes. both yes. around. Yes, for sure, for sure. I think I was driving to Kelowna like a lot. Oh. So okay, too much to play a video game. So sad, so sad. So let's finally end with our level notes section. Actually, talk about what happens in the first half of this game, and then I've got kind of some current thoughts to wrap up uh, and set us up for the next fun adventure when we jump back into this series so level chapter one is the prologue so a beautiful recreation of the final fantasy 7 starts off this game however we are playing as a shinra operative zach fair as he defends a train against wutai soldiers impersonating shinra troops when the train stops we get our first taste of the new combat system and then it's boss time we have to fight the behemoth he's pretty simple uh, I feel like maybe you level up once or twice. Uh, it's probably organized so that the digital mind wave system uh, is definitely in your favorite. And it's just a really fun take on the original opening, right? Like everything from the train rushing to the flashes of our hero's face. Uh, and it's kind of cool that they did this on a portable console. Yeah, yeah. Kind of gives us a taste of what we kind of wish the remake would have been back in the day this is like this is what we want just give us good graphics please so i I guess this was a a really big tease for a lot of us final fantasy 7 
fans who just <laughs> wanted that game but in good updated graphics like this and we were like yes. this would be just the best and I just don't understand why they didn't remake Final Fantasy 7 with this like with these graphics right like exactly the same basically just build the worlds have them run around it, it, you can make it exactly the same as the other one and, and this is one of those I'm like why don't you just remake Final Fantasy 7 like you want to remake it so badly the beginning of this basically is like, oh, what if what if Final Fantasy VII was remade? And we're like, yeah, we'd probably buy it. Right? Like, yeah. Well, you, and just like mean? reminds me of the demo they released for the PlayStation Three that had like the whole opening and everybody lost their mind. They're like, it's a tech demo, tech demo, everybody. And we're like, yeah. yeah, but you guys could do it. It's like, yeah, it, we could, but it'd be just, a lot of work. I, and I, I, to me, it was a business decision all along. They knew that they had fans screaming from the top of the the rooftops and messaging every single day being like, give us this game, give us this game. So to yeah. them, it's like, until we literally have to, let's yeah. just do other things. and Because we know we will always have a winner yeah. here. So if we ever in kind of dire straits or yeah. the time ever strikes us where we're like, we can make a boatload of money. And, and now look at them. They have a billion dollar franchise on their hand. It's like, it's, yeah. So yeah, to me, no, that's, to me, yeah, yeah. No, Tyson's right. That's that's exactly why. That's so there you go. So then, chapter one. So now that the game has finally started. So after the brief, after the briefing, Zach and his mentor and Jill are contacted by this soldier director and sent to stop an uprising in Wu Tai. The pair battle through to a town and eventually infiltrate and eliminate the rebel forces. Along the way, we meet a young girl named Yuppie fight a boss and finally learn that Angeal has betrayed us, just like the ex-soldier Genesis did. The boss here was the twin ogres. I uh, didn't really have any issues with these two, uh, or really any enemies in the first part of the game. They're pretty simple. I don't even know if I used healing items or magic. It just kind of like hack and slash. You can interact with a couple walls to fight some more enemies. Pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like as long as you focus on one of the ogres first, but I think that's like everybody's strategy when you come across two enemies like, well, if I just kill the first one, then I only have yeah. one and it's less difficult. Yeah, um, I found if you could kind of line them up so that your sword slashes hit both of them, you could get into a little sequence where you're doing like double damage to both of them and then run around and readjust, but like nothing overly major here i think you probably have a cure materia at this point so just cure yourself occasionally and you'll be fine yeah yeah and i mean i guess it shows you if you're like standing in the middle and not really moving around and taking advantage of the world and like getting yeah. behind people you just get wrecked by just yeah. like their twin tomahawk attacks but also yeah meeting yuffie was just the cutest like she's like eight in this or something because she's 16 <sighs> in final fantasy 7 yeah, and I think this is five years before. Like, don't okay. So she's so quote, she's like a, a like eleven, eleven or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, it was kind of a cute touch, right? And you're like, oh, neat. But then it kind of just brings up questions, like, why didn't Yuffie mention that she had this relationship with Zack during Final Fantasy VII? And I realized it's because this game was made before, and Yuffie was actually not even supposed to be in Final Fantasy VII. But it's kind of one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, I like met him when I was a child because he was a soldier, and like. We went on these materia hunts together because a missions. If you do, if you do any of the missions in this game, one of them is literally you and Yuffie chasing around treasures together. And the you have to give the gil, uh, give all your items to the mysterious voice. Yeah, it just yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like one of those. I'm yeah. like, hmm, 
It's weird that she didn't like mention that at any point, but you know, oh well. Yeah, well, you can, you can assume if she's a young enough kid, she doesn't quite really remember these things. Yes. Yeah. Where I don't know. I, I think it's like if anyone's going to get underwritten, it's probably Yuffie. So it's nice to see her get some screen time and actually like a uh, bit of an ex- expanded character. Because um, she is like a really fun person from the first game. And oh shit! All the games. It's just yeah. This is Kingdom Hearts. Yuffie, Aerith, Cloud, Sephiroth. They all appear in this game. They all appear in like the Kingdom Hearts games. No other Final Fantasy VII characters make the jump. Huh? What a weird fascination with those four characters. Huh, weird. When did... Uh, Kingdom Hearts came out in like 2002 or something. The second one came out in 2006. And they were making lots of portable ones after that, because in between 1 and 2. Uh-huh. So do you think that they were experimenting with importing the models? Because the character designs look very similar, sort of. Yeah. At least uh, Clouds does. I, I just... I, well, I mean, Cloud makes sense. Sephiroth makes sense, obviously. Uh, but it's the Aerith makes sense. I think they're the three main characters, but like Yuffie's the weird, weird one that's like, why is she included in these other things, right? Like, why is she in this game in Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, it's not like she was a huge fan no. favorite. Like Tifa was always like head and shoulders above her for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, only like really random weirdos like me like always picked Yuffie. It, it, hmm. just a weird observation i couldn't tell you it's just a weird observation but after that though we're on to chapter two betrayal uh we can travel around midgar and visit some locations to find some extra items but the main course sees zach and sang of the turks head to Angeal's hometown bandora here we fight a mech meet his mother fight our way into a warehouse find out that they are cloning genesis before having a confrontation with the po- poetic villain we chase him and angeal back to his mother's house do a random bullet cutting minigame find out that angeal killed his mother before the boss fight the boss fight of this area is ifrit uh, it was a challenge uh the first challenge i had in the game i think i finally out- had to figure out how to use the menu system to actually heal myself because uh, I think I might have died once before, and it was not fun getting back to this point. Because it's oh, that bullet cutting mini game is stupid, and yeah, it was it was great, you know. Yeah, um, interesting little twist. Yeah, um, Angel always came across as like this really like chill dude, kind of like almost Zach's like older brother or dad or something. Yeah, and to know that like he just killed his mother, the lady you just met. And you're like, man, this game got dark. Like she was just this nice old lady that had stashed away like five gill in a, in a chest somewhere that you may have steal, stolen or not stolen depending on who you are and it it's just very interesting that it's like this character that came off as very um prideful and honorable when we first met him and we are like zach's a very boastful like youthful uh, energetic character so it's this really nice dynamic he's he's let's almost comes across when you first meet him he's going to be the grounding piece and then within like an hour or two into this game he's killed his mother and now he's one of the bad guys and you're like yeah this got dark and jill's character is very curious because yeah he is your mentor he is the buster sword so we're like oh at some point i bet you we get that uh but then he yeah, betrays us he's working for genesis and they're teaming up but very quickly he comes back to our side for some reason and then he's a bad guy again he flip-flops i don't understand him at all yeah not not really and the dumb apples is something we didn't really touch on but that's it's a thing dumb apples Um, yeah they talk about these dumb apples and he's like oh dumb apples and then you see a fire 
because they bomb the hometown and just burn everything. And at one point, they have this like really nice cinematic of this like apple burning, but I don't get it. Not sure. This Not level sure. almost, I would say, I was like, I don't really understand. I don't really understand Angel's motivations. I don't understand the dumb apples. I don't understand the mini game. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna keep going. But I'm on to you, game. Hmm. Yeah, you're starting to lose me. Yeah. Under chapter three, though, monsters. So due to all the recent desertions, Cl- Zack has promoted to first class soldier and gets to hang out with Se- Sephiroth. Genesis begins to attack Midgar, though, and it is up to us and the Turks to stop stop him. We meet a girl named Cisne also who works for the Turks, and battle a Genesis, but it may be a fake Genesis, I'm not really sure. From there, we clear out the streets before heading into one of the town's Mako reactors. Here we find Chase and are outsmarted by Professor Hollander, who's responsible or working with Genesis somehow, and he used to do a bunch of weapons research for Shinra. Uh, We then have a boss fight before Angeal shows up and knocks us off the top plate to the slums below. Yeah, um... Very interesting. Uh, I, I kind of like this because now it's starting to reflect Final Fantasy VII's structure a little bit better, yep. as well as it kind of shows that Zach didn't really earn his first class soldier soldier status. And this thing that everybody like lusts after and talks about really isn't a thing. It's just kind of bureaucratic how you get yep. to this position. Um, it kind of foreshadows a conversation coming later on. Whereas, uh, yeah, it just, I, I love the little cutscene of it shows like the artwork instead of like Cloud looking at the Mako reactor, you got Zach looking at the Mako reactor with like his sword and everything. So it's very like throwback to that. And I, I like a lot of the references that they're doing. And um, anytime they involve the Turks, I'm very happy because they, they portray them very well in this game where yeah. they're um, like, flushed well, they, out they have their own yeah. kind of character they they joke around you're on their yeah. side so you can kind of get to know them a little bit easier that door is open and uh they make good use of them yeah i think we do see a, a random appearance by reno and rude at one point although sisney is a weird addition that we never ever see her again as opposed to like helena like i don't know why she wasn't included or something like that I mean, I guess Not it just sure. goes to show that that department is bigger than just the scope of Final Fantasy VII. So they probably have some lower level grunts that are doing a project here and there, though. Uh, this part I almost felt like is like the start of the game. We're in Midgar. We're in the reactor. The enemies actually get diff- difficult. Before, I was just running around and killing all the enemies with one or two hits. This one, I actually had to heal in between. The boss was an actual challenge. The puzzles kind of increase in difficulty. So I was like, all right, game, you're like slowly getting better. Although it's fast. I, I had a modifier so I could turn the speed up by one. I, like, I maybe played this game for two, three hours to get through this section of the game. So, yeah, it was a lot. It was a pretty fast experience for myself. Yeah. Um, this kind of reminds me of that second Mako reactor in Final Fantasy Seven, uh, where you fall off and fall down below, and that's where you meet Eris. Yeah, that's um, pretty much it. So, yeah. Yeah, good segue. Let's go to Chapter 4, An Angel's Dream. So, we wake up from our fall and find Eris watching over us. Apparently, she meets a lot of men who fall through the roof of the church. Zack and Eris hit it off immediately and go check out the wall market. Your wallet is stolen, and you must do some dumb mini-games before saying your final goodbye to Eris and heading back to the upper plate. Here we find out that Genesis is still attacking and is after Hojo. And Jill appears, and is on our side, because why not, uh, takes us to Shinra headquarters. We find Hojo and are confronted by Genesis before battling the boss, Neo Bahamut. 
I did have to replay this boss once or twice, reconfigure some of my items because this guy does a lot of damage. Uh, it's hard to avoid his attacks. Some, I think he has one attack that may completely kill you. I'm not sure. And then once I figured out the healing system, made things a little bit easier. And I really hate that you can't cut or skip cutscenes. So it's awful. And the Neo Bahamut battle kind of feels clunky because you're kind of yeah. just battling him from one side. So you're just like, hmm. I see what you did here, and I know that the open battle system is neat in concept, but even by your like third or fourth boss battle, you're like, ah, uh, put them on the side. Pretty much. It's, Pretty much. yeah, and it is funny that Eris and me- meets Zack and Cloud doing the exact same thing, and they both talk about the flowers. Yep. Lots of references and, and winks, and um, hey, you played the first <laughs> game, here you go. Again, again, though. It's just like, do you remember Final Fantasy VII? Man, that was a good game. This this is kind of like that game, isn't it? Just just remake it. Like, obviously, you want, you want to remake it. Obviously, you want it. Just make it. Like, and I, I kind of feel like uh-huh. that was my opinion the first time I played through this game too. I'm like, why did they just remake Final Fantasy VII? You know, like, it, although I do feel like there's a line that she says, "You remind me a lot of him." So when Cloud and Eris are talking and meet the first time, she's like, "You remind me a lot of him," and it's. I mean, I guess it's nice that you have these poetry of, like, the, the, you know, their fates are indetermined. Uh, I don't think we actually talk to Eris again. I'm not a huge fan of Eris in this game. She seems kind of, I don't know, more aloof. Shoehorned in there? Yeah, yeah. and in my opinion, like at least the headcanon I created uh, going back through our retrospective is she was a lot more self-aware and knew what the events were, and, like, she was kind of uh, driving her own... Um, destiny whereas this one it kind of just seems like she's just a cute girl who sells flowers right like they kind of take away the mystical parts of her and i don't really like that and it's like they humanize sephiroth and sephiroth is this like ultimate evil being and in this one they're like oh but he also had friends and played poker on tuesday nights yeah yeah and it's weird that it's like i don't know it almost feels like she's not quite there yet even though she's already gone through so much of her life like ever yeah. since she was a kid she was kind of like messed up so it'd be interesting to like see if she was like more afraid or something so you could see like see that there was a growth but it's like no this is Eris. yeah i mean i guess if it was she's, years she's and years before you know, like, she was still a kid almost right but even like as a kid she kind of seemed like she had a, like almost like a prophetic ability so yeah like well and that's the, yeah. that's the thing is like so yuffie goes through a thing where it's like she's very boastful like when yeah. you meet her and she's like kind of like cocksure and like has like a very like ha i beat you of course my one punch would destroy you i am the ultimate ninja yeah and like runs off and does her like little ninja run it's like hey that's that's adorable because when you meet her she's very boastful and she's very strong so she hasn't changed too much but she's obviously like matured and is a little bit more capable now whereas eris here is the exact same as when we first meet her in the game it's like did you not experience growth? Yeah. Like, this is six years of your life just chilling, and you were just like, nah. Yeah. Nah, I'm still looking at, at these flowers every single day. I haven't done anything. But, but I still wear the yeah. same dress. But I might also be it's like, more critical because I feel like I hyped her up quite a bit in our retrospective and built a lot more of her into, like, my own headcanon. So, like, it, this might be a me problem. This may not be the game problem. Uh, and then just the last yeah. notes on this chapter is that wallet side quest sucks. It's obviously just seems shoot in, and it literally reminds me of of side quests in Kingdom Hearts because Kingdom Hearts will be like oh we're looking for Goofy and you see like Goofy walking back like you talk to someone and you see Goofy walking by and it's like what's that oh we missed him again oh no that's Kingdom Hearts that's what this game is great yes, that is 
I don't know. Yes. Eh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty um, bad. But but Hojo makes up for it because he's hilarious. And he comes off extremely creepy. Yep. And he's just like, man, I would not want to work for this guy. And even Zach's like, man, I got to get out of here quick. This guy's freaking me out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it, like he is just an absolute maniac like releases monsters just does whatever it just like constantly like traps you in a cage and like answer my questions and you're like this guy this guy is extremely unnerving he is so evil <laughs> he's brilliant i love it yeah um he is he's definitely my favorite part of this, All right. this part the first part of the game nice so. good job hojo and then how about in chapter five our last chapter we're going to talk about today the where are you now that things have settled down in midgar shinra is hot on the trail of genesis and knows that his current location is in the town of modenheim first we need to go see eris however before we get to the church sang shows up and reveals the turks are keeping tabs on her we head via helicopter to modenheim are shot down survive the crash and during the on-foot journey make friends with a young grunt named cloud strife we infiltrate an old factory fight genesis before making it to modenheim and fight finding angeal in the bathhouse so the first boss fight is with genesis uh basically balance your attacks and healings uh use some magic so you have some kind of a range attack like a fire and hope for some good luck that's kind of that uh let's dissect this area before we get into the angeal confrontation yeah so we get to meet cloud yep um that's kind of the big thing that happens Gets played. Very interesting. Conver- very interesting conversation happens yep. between him and Zach. Yeah, I, I, like I don't know. What do you What do you think about their their interaction? I, I think it like it, it's it's fine. He had to be here. Like Cloud has to know Zach because it clearly shows that they have some type of past relationship in Final Fantasy VII. That's fine. Um, I, there's a cutscene actually when you unlock Cloud in your DMW or whatever where. Uh, cloud saves you from like a monster during a battle and i would have liked to see more of those little things where like you understand the friendship grows and there's a respect that comes out of the two of them working together and cloud was competent right he wasn't just this like weird emo kid he actually had that level of skill so i like that little cutscene. i don't really so much care about their interaction that makes sense yeah yeah i I think he has a good intro ish like it's it's good but it's not great yeah um, it there's obviously some issues, but I like that he's like not really like he shows that he's not like super gifted or talented or anything like that. Yeah, he is just kind of like a lower class soldier, and he's like, oh, I'd like to get first class one day. Like, how the heck? Like, how did you do it? And he's like, oh, you know, if you just try hard, you'll get there. Cause cause he literally was just one of the last. He was class two. They had a huge, you yeah. know, mass exodus, and then he's like, hey, you're promoted. You're level class one now. So now he gets to walk around well, saying he's yeah, he got class he one. got promoted at like the beginning of the adventure too, yeah. right? Like yeah, and then the the exodus has kept happening, and then he got kept getting promoted. So I mean, that's how lots of people get big like jobs in man upper management is you just you're there and people leave and you just kind of fill in. So it's pretty true to life. Very true. Right place, right time. It's all about who you know. Yeah. And um, but it's interesting that Cloud's like, ah, I don't really think that that's going to happen for me. He's like, ah, it's okay, but just keep trying. You'll get there. Yep. It's like he doesn't. Yep. He doesn't actually ever get there. It's true. So I, I like that little back and forth right there. Um, and I like that they're both from like a small little hick town. Yep. Both with Mako reactors. And it's like, yeah, there's something there, isn't there? They're, hopefully you uncover that stone because that is, that is pretty cool to, kn- to know. Um, the only thing I want to call back to is earlier in the game, you're going through just some like, squ- like oh, this is how you do squats. And you train like the one 
other soldier who's like kind of got his mask on and everything i thought that would be cloud mm. i thought it would call back to like oh like or you'd see a little cutscene and like that's actually him and he takes his mask on it's like kind of like a big big zach fan of all time but it's yeah, like yeah. it's not that's not a thing yet or if it is i don't know about it yet yeah. so i hope it is i hope it is a squat guy Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking for a callback to Squat Guy. Okay. Uh, other than Cloud, we talked about everyone else. Uh, did you did you do a good Metal Gear Solid impersonation, or did you get caught four times and just have to fight the guards until they all went inside like me? Oh, uh, I, I tried my best to do it pretty good. I think I got caught once. Okay. So I lost one thing. Sweet. I, I got yeah. It wasn't too bad, but it was just like nice little callback to Metal Gear Solid in the middle of my Final Fantasy game. I like it. Cast, cast for more than that. Uh, and then finally, the Genesis boss fight. Not terrible. I think I redid it once or twice. And once I... Uh, or I got into some battles and like leveled up like two or three times in a row. And that seemed to make the difference. So, Yeah, I seem to get a lot of the um, Cisne. And then mm-hmm. I tend to get like, oh, like two, three spins later or whatever. If I'm like in a hard section, I usually like ended up leveling up so i was like pretty over leveled at this point or okay. what felt like i was over leveled so yeah i was at like level maybe 13 14 15 or something nothing major so uh, okay yeah no I, I rallied a bunch of the the missions so yes i think well, i'm like 30 at this point jesus okay so uh i i beat genesis head to modenheim collect my items get to the bathhouse fight this weird uh like griffin creature uh right before i kind of figured Angeal fight is coming up, so I heal, go in. One of his attack takes out all my health. I like I don't have as much health as his attack does. So I started rallying through a bunch of missions, and I did a bunch of missions. And within two or three of them, I think I leveled up and I got to like level twenty one, which seems very under leveled, right? Yeah, I think you're supposed to be at level twenty when you like get cloud. So okay, you should probably be like twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. I was probably playing through this game as fast as possible and not really taking it in because I felt kind of the time crunch for this podcast. So there you go. That, that, that's, that's what happens. That, so, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I, I dumped a whole day into to this. And honestly, but I, I was having lots of fun because I was like yes. watching old James Bond movies as I usually do. Yep. Um, and just playing some of the missions, like they're fairly repetitive or whatever. But honestly, like the mechanics of this game are kind of fun. Um, yep. It's a lot of just like button mashing. I like the... There's nothing irritating me in this game so far. That's like, you know, sometimes there's like a mechanic or something that you have to grind out. Like, I know for me, like, I love Final Fantasy IX, but the way you unlock materia in that game and just like keep them permanently drives me crazy. Because it's like I literally have to grind out like 2000 SP or whatever the heck they want to call it just so this will be permanent so I can get myself to another sword. But I have another sword that's even better than that. It's like, ugh, this game. Yeah, yeah. I think I had to beat about 5% of the game's missions, so I was, went from zero, I didn't play a single mission, to 5%, got some new items, materia, uh, lost some in the fusion, I uh, was not really happy, I think I had like a Fyra and an HP plus, and I was like, oh, I'll get uh, 10% more HP on this Fyra materia, great, and I did it, and I got like an M barrier, and I was like, I hate it. I don't understand what this is. I, Materia Fusion, not my thing. I got to level 21, beat him, and then after the fight, and Jill thanks us, uh, for giving him peace, hands us the Buster Sword and passes away. Zack is then shown dealing with this loss. He sat at Shinner headquarters. He's crying while visiting Eris. Uh, and finally, standing in front of the new recruits at Sh- Soldier, uh, giving them a speech about following 
their dreams just like NGL did for him and that kind of wraps up this game uh sneaky mission was bad the random side quests the mini games are not the game's strong suits uh, i did not have to play through the missions uh did have to play through the mission to beat ngl i don't know if that's typical or not and material fusion is a crapshoot there you go so that wraps up and that's actually almost kind of a really nice starting point it kind of wraps up this whole genesis ngl i think maybe they come back in the second part uh but it wraps up majority of that storyline for the first part and sets us up perfectly for the second half of this podcast and adventure so it's kind of fun yeah um yeah not a perfect game there's lots of uh frustrations kind of all over the place but uh, i'm really enjoying myself um it's the i think battle mechanics i don't really i hate the slot machine stuff um drives me nuts that's one thing i wish i could just change just give me a regular old experience but yeah fine i'll grind other ways yep. um I, I i like the way they've organized the missions i didn't like it at first because it's like man this seems like a lot of work yeah but it's nice that you can kind of just skip through the story beat and just not do the mission if you don't want to but they kind of expand um a lot of the character beats and give you lots of good items to grind so it's to me this game's like it's very streamlined and that's why i like it so much and i'm having such a good time because like yes the materia system and the fusion sucks but once you realize that if you take like a fire and take a silence and you mix them together you get like a dark fire and you're like oh that that's cool so does a silence and a, a thunder do the same thing and it does and cool. so you end up getting all these like dark materials and i'm just having a fun time just explain like messing around with them and usually i just hoard things in games where I, like i yeah. have like you know, i think in my final fantasy 7 game that we just wrapped like i have a ton of cures and fires and all this stuff just materials just sitting there just sitting there yep. so it's kind of nice just during some downtime or whatever just to be like once if i take this and i mix it with this and try to figure out the puzzle because it's like i have so many that i'm not even building up i might as well use them for something so it's nice to kind of try to mess around. I wish the luck base and the randomness was dulled down a lot, like the leveling up, like the, the slot machines. And honestly, the randomness of, like, I wish they just told you, like, if you take this and this, you get this. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, or that would just... Like those material, so or those, like, item-building systems you have where you're like, to get an elixir, you need five potions and a blank or something. And you, like, fuse them together, right? Like, if it was kind of a menu system or, like, a recipe system, as opposed to just random but yeah, I, yeah for yeah. sure i'm gonna echo a lot of like your second a little bit more structure that yeah sorry yeah it was, it was very it's fairly fun uh, not too difficult not not a huge fan of the Aeris sephiroth betrayal like i kind of talked to uh, i'm gonna dive a little bit more into missions just so i can get some better equipment to maybe make the game a little bit easier on myself uh but i honestly thought this was almost the best place in the world to stop we kind of wrap up the main story right and resolve the conflict we've seen a lot of growth in our hero zach uh, and i'm excited to continue on in the next part right like just kind of see what happens and get to go relive the uh nibelheim incident with a different set of eyes now so kind of i don't know should be fun with that part and yeah yeah i think this is a good halfway point i'm not entirely familiar like this is my first time playing through so um i don't really know like if somebody comes back or any of the twists or the turns that will probably come um but it's nice that like we kind of had the story of um, 
what's that Angel, yep. who's who's a pretty interesting character. I, yeah, I, I guess like, I kind of wish we got more out of him, but it's yeah. kind of he's our mentor. He takes a twist to the dark side. Turns out he's intertwined and is best friends with this other jerk face. That's yeah, um, and it's kind it's kind of neat that they're they're taking almost like the there's clearly like genetic tampering going on with yes. Hojo and this other guy, and it's like you guys are products of Hojo. Whereas yeah, the and there is a is like, bit of a relief with Hollinger and what's going on with those characters. I figured next episode maybe we'll do a bit more of like a live or a lore deep dive, right? And kind of look at the events of Nibelheim, because spoilers, that's coming up. Uh, the lore of what's going on with these characters and just how it builds the Final Fantasy VII universe a little bit. Uh, whereas this one, we were just going to kind of briefly touch upon things. So we did learn that there was, yeah, some genetic tampering between Genesis and Angeal, right? And maybe something sneaky is going on with this whole soldier program at Shinra. Yeah, and Genesis is suffering from a thing called degradation. So he's, like, slowly, like, lo- losing pigment in his skin. Looks like he's, like, falling apart. So there's there's definitely something there. We don't really know too much, so like, what, what caused it, what was the extent of everything. Yeah. But it's very interesting that Genesis and Angeal both have one wing, one wing that they fly around on yeah they call them monsters and some people say also angels have wings so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, weird i wonder if that'll mm -hmm, ever come mm -hmm. up ever again sweet so that that kind of ends i think our mini review that's kind of i don't know i got all all my points out do you have any extra last second points you want to bring up uh no i tried to to gush as much as i could and and throw in everything that i could remember off the top of my head that was good i'm glad you glad you sound like you're enjoying yourself which is good what else could you ask oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good game. I, I guess like my only kind of last point because I probably all won't touch on it in part two is the music. Oh my goodness, the music! Like it's so repetitive. Like my goodness, did they just write sixteen bars for each song and then just hit repeat for some sections? Yes. Yeah. So yes, I, in fact, they exactly did. It was great. It's. Oof. Yeah, I actually, up until like the last Angeal, maybe Genesis fight, for some reason, the sound of my computer just, it just cut off. It was one of those things where I needed to like shut down the emulator, turn it back on and it worked no problem. But during the initial one, it just for whatever reason cut out. So most of the game I played while watching TV or something or a movie uh, and just playing it in the background. So I, I cannot speak much to the sounds of this game. Yeah, well, minus a few of the voice acting bits, you're not missing a whole lot because this soundtrack that we're getting is very nothing special, eh? <sighs> yeah, it's hmm. it's a it's an like oatmeal cookie, no chocolates. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Okay, so with that, we'll leave you with no chocolates for today. Uh, we'll see you next week with one of our numbered shows. I think we have like a week break, and then we're back for more turtles, more Crisis Core, and then we're into spooky, scary months. So. Calendar's just flying by. I can't believe this year's already where we're at, and yep. we've already accomplished so much. Um, it's we we got a good um, tail end coming up. So yeah, this is usually when our, our season or like our recording picks up, and we start cramming in all the sorts of fun games. I know I'm looking forward to Spooky Scary Month this month, so uh, or this year. So Sweet. should be good. Good stuff. All right. So with that, uh, talk to you guys later. Bye.